0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is forty forty. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Zunaid Suleiman, who is an on-air talent and broadcaster for the NBA 2K League. How's everything going today, man?
1: Everything's well. Thank you so much for reaching out, man. This should be a lot of fun. I always love talking uh, with different folks with different experiences. So it should be fun.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the reason I asked you on is because you have an interesting story and folks want to hear it. Um, I love to give folks like us, you know, brown folks and Muslim folks platforms in the world of sports, and uh, I want to hear about how you got into broadcasting, how you got into working for the 2K League and some other stuff that you're working on as well. So let's let's take it back to where you grew up and when did sports become a big part of your life?
1: Yeah, so uh, born in India, so um, you know, born raised in America, but born in India, so sports was always something I enjoyed. I remember when I first got to the states back in like 1998. Mike Piazza, who played catcher for the New York Mets, was my favorite player. Um, so I would and know, the Dodgers. And Yep, that's right. He did. He did play for the Dodgers as well. So, you know, growing up, I would just squat behind the pillow and just kind of have my fake mittens like this because I wanted to be a baseball player. So that's when I first was introduced to sports and I've always kind of followed it from then, you know, uh, followed basketball, football, all that other good stuff as well. Uh, Played video games growing up as um, as we continued there. But for me, my journey in terms of sports broadcasting was kind of on a whim, if you will. Uh, sure. so, you know, COVID happened, um, everyone was in home and my partner at the time, she was away, uh, for a week with visiting her sister and I had nothing to do. So I saw a 2k 20 trending on Twitter and I was like, oh, okay, I've always played with my friends and stuff. Let me just see what this game's about. Um, and I, you know, play the game, realize there's a 2K league. I tried to go and be a professional uh, esports, you know, gamer, mm-hmm. wasn't really that good at it. Um, And then I, you know, was a part of the Charlotte Hornets Venom uh, GT esports team, helped them with their draft stuff. And then long story short, hopping on podcasts like this is where I tried to talk about the league and then. There are only 10 viewers, but one of them was the right viewer who was the community ambassador for the NBA 2K League. Um, he oh. said, hey, you want to try this? You want to try that? So I did a lot of free stuff. Um, and then thankfully, they're like, all right, you're good enough for us to pay you. And I was like, yes, okay. thank you, because I got bills to pay. So that's, gotcha, gotcha. It's, it was honestly like, you know, got lucky, if you will. But I was ready when the opportunity came. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, luck is uh, when opportunity meets preparation. Usually, right? That's yeah. how, how things work out. Um and I've I've always been told, you know, working doing freelance stuff or podcasting, whatever. It's like you never know who's going to read your article or who's yeah. going to listen to your podcast. In your case, it was it was you know right place, right time. Exactly. So, you know, growing up, when you you started college, did you think about this, you know, as a profession? Did you study broadcasting, communication, anything like that in in high school or college?
1: No, nah, man. um, I daydream a lot. I talk to myself a lot. I, I perform a lot is what some people get annoyed with. um. But like, you know, in the shower, I'll sing sometimes. But then other times I will broadcast. I'll have like a play by play that I'm doing. I'll have analysis on a player. But that all happened in the past two, three years. In college, I mean, I studied, you know, for marketing. I actually dropped out of college. Uh, so, I am a college dropout, and it was just something I just wasn't academically smart. I just wasn't book smart, I guess you can say. It was always street smart. So, you know, I tell people all the time, um, being a class clown finally paid off with my career as a broadcaster now. Uh, so, I shook her on that. But no, not something I pursued in college. I kind of wish I did. I it was still around sports, played intramurals, actually refed intramurals as well, um, ref basketball, football, flag football, excuse me, soccer, and all of that. But no, this was. This was something that was born recently, in the sense of like two, three years ago. Like I said, since <laughs> COVID, and uh, it's been a fun journey for sure.
0: Yeah. So tell us about that that first job. You you mentioned that you were on a podcast, and yeah. someone in the um, I guess it was from the two K League who happened to be a community ambassador. Heard yeah. You talking? I mean, you've got a great announcer voice. We can, Thank we can you. all hear that on <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, so tell us about that first gig, and you know. I, I know you said long story short, but this is a podcast, yeah. so we want, no, we want short story it. long or long story long. <laughs> so I'll go, yeah. yeah, tell us about so, that.
1: So when I, I'll, I'll go a step further. So my Twitter handle, my gamer tag is uh, made in India. There's like an X in between there, but it's essentially made in India. And when I was trying to be a professional, I was like, okay, I'm not that great. I'm coming from the outside into this circle of a community. How do I kind of stand out? And I remember one day when I was showering, I was like, okay, whenever That's where all I, great
0: thoughts are born, yeah. right, in the shower.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, it was 2020, so it was one of the rare <laughs> showers. Um, no, but it was, you know, I was taking a shower, and I was thinking of, I believe it was France versus Italy. It might have been the 06 World Cup, somewhere in that year, somewhere in that two-year uh, range. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, any time a soccer player scores a goal, Uh, One of the first things they do if they don't take off their shirt is they go in and grab their jersey and kiss their country's flag. And I was like, man, I've been in the United States for about 20 years now. I've never really represented my country in any real way, not necessarily any, I haven't really represented my religion or anything like that. It would be cool if that's the angle that I went. It's like, hey, here's an Indian guy trying to be a professional. And that's the angle. And thankfully, the gamer tag made in India was available on Xbox and also on Twitter, where they get a couple of X's in the middle. Um, so that's where that journey started. And then the podcast that I mentioned earlier, it was uh, shout out to Dave. Um, 2K Zone was a podcast. It was a small community, maybe 10, 15 folks would listen to it. And we would just cover the league for free. We didn't get any incentives out of it. We just liked the league. You wanted to give her insights on it. Before I got a chance to get on that podcast, since it was COVID, every the, the whole league was remote right? So we weren't able to compete in person or anything like that. So I was like, okay, again, how do I stand out? What's missing where I can make my mark? Um, And good old Google Sheets helped me out. So I pretty much created a document where I compared, hey, does being host, does being the home team impact your internet and give you better stats to play? Um, So just something different, kind of coming up with like, oh, here's the analytics guy. That was a nickname that I eventually got. So That's how I put out that spreadsheet. People loved it. Dave hit me up and said, Hey, look, I've got a small podcast. Do you want to come on? And so that's when I went on. And then from there it was just, you know, other opportunities just came and came and came. Um, and then eventually, like I said, Frank, uh, saw me on the podcast and he had me join his podcast, BFW live. And then from there, um, the executive producer of the NBA 2k league, um, reached out and said, Hey, we want to give you the shot. I did one show. Um, and then that was kind of like my interview. That's, that's, that's honestly how I treated everything, Was just hey, somebody's watching. Everything's mm-hmm. an interview. I don't have Twitter fingers. I don't say anything crazy. Uh, but that's kind of like the origin story of where my gamer tag and my Twitter handle came from. It sounds cringy when I'm 33, year old, 33 years old and I'm telling someone my Twitter handle is. But uh, that's the reason behind that. And uh, the story of how I got to where, I, how I got my first start, I guess, mm-hmm. in the league itself.
0: I mean, i I love that you used your identity to yeah. stand out. Um, I see no issue with that. I mean, our identities as you know, minorities and minority religion, ethnicity, whatever it is, it's used to other us in a lot of ways in America. Yeah. So, you know, why not use it to our advantage? And I think about, you know my podcast, I mean, honestly, the the reason I was able to reach out to you and we have that common connection of being Muslim, and that's, yeah, you know, that's enough to at least have That kind of like initial connection, like okay, like we can maybe see eye to eye on a couple things, and yeah. then of course, from there, um, you know, and I've been able to get other guests and stuff like that just because yeah. they're also Muslim, they're also Arab, whatever it is, so yeah, no issue with that. It's funny um, you
1: mentioned yeah. that because I think when you had first reached out, um, I checked out your podcast, it didn't matter to me, I was gonna do it anyway. I was just curious of you know what guests you had, just I like get a flow of things, and I saw that you had interviewed Sabrina Merchant, um, Sabrina and I went to a camp uh back in 2008 as kids so like oh wow 20 okay. plus years ago um if i did my math right somewhere in there <laughs> close There's definitely close. not 20 years yeah. yeah but we we went to a camp to a, a while back and the reason i bring her up is because less than a month ago or about a month ago her and i actually commentated a basketball tournament basketball tournament in dallas texas for the first time so it's actually oh, my wow. first time commentating a real life sport. I've always done esports, right? FIFA, Madden, um, EAFC, Two K, whatever, Rocket League. I've always done esports. I've never done in person real life sports. So that was the first time. That first. That was the first weekend I did it, and Sabrina and I got to call the men's finals. Uh, and it was a. It was great to cast that with her. She's brilliant. She's talented. She's great at what she does. Um, so when I saw her, I was like, "Oh, what a small world!" you know?
0: I mean, I I found her the same way. I mean, yeah. I. <laughs> You know, I'm sure this that was part of, you know, Shabazz's vision when he created the group. And exactly. we're referring to a Muslims and sports media Slack group, which is unfortunately yeah. uh, not active anymore. Yeah. It's been a while. I but... know he
1: feels bad. I saw him in LA yeah. like three, four months ago. I know he feels bad, but Shukri he's doing great things and he's busy with that.
0: Yeah. He's working for undefeated, right? Uh, LeBron's, he actually uh, left company?
1: undefeated and now he's working with Nike. So the man just keeps oh. on leveling up.
0: Well, there you go. But yeah, I mean, he, he built the community, invited a bunch of people and yeah. I've been able to connect with, with you and Sabrina and, um, Arda Ocal who works uh, for ESPN and some other folks as well through it. So awesome. it's been a great resource. And again, it's, it's a common thread. It's a common yeah. identity that we share. And then I always want to hear from folks like me in, in the sports world, uh, yeah. So, what what was it about esports in particular that attracted you? Was it just kind of like happenstance that it was COVID, so that's all we were doing? I mean, yeah. I hadn't played video games in a long time. My first COVID like impulse purchase was I'm gonna get PS four, I'm gonna get you know PlayStation Plus, and I'm just gonna game. Yeah, so was it the same for you, or is this something that goes for a little further back?
1: Man, that I mean, so I've always played video games as a outlet to get away from reality, right? So I remember I moved to Texas back in 2010. And I played video games before that, but it was more so a fun time to hang out with my friends. Then when I started playing in 2009, 2010, and so on and so forth, um, it was an outlet. It was like, man, I just want to play. I want to forget about anything else that's happening. I just want to play. I just want to be a kid again. Um, So, you know, I was always kind of hooked to gaming as an outlet, as a coping mechanism, if you will. It was that, music, and taking a walk. And then, yeah, like when COVID happened, that's all we were doing. And I was, you know, I was alone for a couple of weeks and I kid you not, brother, I would order, I don't know if you're familiar with Marcos. I know you're in a different state, but it's just imagine me ordering pizza, a large pizza every single day for a (laughs) week. And I would literally, man, I would play for like 16 hours, sleep for four maybe do something else with the rest of my time and then just get back on the game because i was just grinding because there's nothing else to do and it mm-hmm. was fun i was you know i was chasing i was pursuing a dream of being a professional and i had so much time to make up for that everyone else was light years ahead of me in terms of skill set the iq the animations the knowledge of the ins and outs of the game um so it was a it was a memorable time for sure definitely took a toll on my mental no question but uh you know sugar it all worked out and plan C, which is being a broadcaster. So I can't complain, but, uh, yeah, always love sports and therefore just love video games in itself.
0: And is this the, the broadcasting that you do, is this a full-time career for you at this point?
1: It's not, I, inshallah, hope to make it that in the next couple of years. Um, it's, it's something that I have as it's, it's in the middle of like part-time and full-time. Um, so for right now, the NBA 2k league, uh, is in the off season. So our season just ended in August. And so now we have different tournaments, amateur tournaments, draft eligible tournaments that different NBA teams host. Um, so I'll participate in that. And then we actually, um, I'm not sure when you're going to air this, but first week of October, we have the eFIBA fiba tournament that just tipped off. It's the second season. And that's pretty much where you have 61 countries from across the world that are competing within their respective regions. There's like seven of them. And then the Best teams within those regions go through a couple of qualifiers, and they uh, will play in Sweden um, towards the end of November for fifty thousand euros. Uh, so it should be an exciting. So that's those are like my two main clients, I guess you can call it. But I'm hoping to kind of build enough of a resume, enough of a reel to call maybe some G League stuff, maybe some college stuff. That way, it's like, hey, I can translate my esports skill set. To real life basketball and kind of have that same enthusiasm and professionalism on it as well. So at the moment, in the middle of part time, full time, but inshallah, um, hoping to make it full time. Whether it's in the esports world or yeah. uh, real life sports would be amazing as well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that you called uh, a real life basketball yeah. tournament um, recently, but as far as the esports go, I mean, how is that? How is it? How is it the same as a, as a live event, and how is it different? Because I'm, I'm really curious about, you know, the kind of the, the ins and outs and the technicalities and the semantics and stuff yeah. that go behind it, yeah behind the production of it.
1: On the esports side, it's more animation based, right? And so what I mean is if you attack, let's just take 2K. So we'll stick to basketball. We'll stick to 2K at the moment. It's an animation based game. So if you're driving to the paint at a certain angle with a certain player with a certain attribute, you can go ahead and press a button a certain way, flick the stick a certain way, you'll get a certain animation, which will lead you to success. So it's a bit more predictable in that sense. Sorry about that. It's a bit more predictable in that sense. And you kind of know folks' tendencies and things like that, but you can carry that on to real life sports as well, right? Like how many times have we seen, if you're watching an NFL game and the you know, broadcaster is like, hey, here's a graph of any time he goes right, his success rate is X, Y, Z, right? So it's, to me, and I'm not in the world of real-life sports, and maybe I'm being a bit unfair, but to me, it's quite similar. There are a lot of threads and principles that you can take from one to the other. You want to build the excitement. You want to be the eyes and ears of the folks at home that are watching that just weren't able to make it. Um, so it's, it's the same for me. Matter of fact, I had a buddy of mine who was watching the real-life broadcast, who is my uh, co-caster um, from the league, Harris, he he texted me, he's like, dude, you call the game just like it's an eSports. And it's like, that's the only way I know how to. But it's also, we're building excitement for the folks at home. And we're just calling it like we see it. We're providing some color, um, you know, background on the players, on the teams, the history of it, how they got here, what's happening on the court, the why, the what, and how. Um, so it's quite similar in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. I-, I could see that. I think, I mean, all sports in general, I feel like, there is a similar cadence to the announcing. Yeah. There's, you know, the play-by-play and the color guy, and you're trying to, um, again, establish that excitement, set the scene, uh, explain the scenarios of, of yeah. what's happening, understand the tendencies. I mean, you brought up the the, the graphs that come up. I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. Just like you want to study, you know, Patrick Mahomes when he's rolling left, right? Exactly. Uh, his passing chart, exactly. stuff like that. Or like
1: a shot chart on a basketball mm-hmm. game, right? Like, hey, they love to do this pick and roll here, whatever the case may be. Everyone has tendencies. Matter of fact, even you and I have tendencies. I can speak for myself. I just did a podcast maybe four days ago and I watched it back. And my tendency, my crutch phrase, if you want to call it that, is this, that, and the other. And I said it 11 times (laughs) in a span of 40 minutes. So when you post this, I'm going to watch it back and see how often I say it. But uh, if we were playing a drinking game, I definitely would be knocked out by like the fourth (laughs) one. So we all have tendencies is my point. It's just, in, you know, you can translate that to a podcast, a person, video games, or real life sports.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna put a pin in that. We'll come right back to this, but yeah, as far as the the tendencies and things like that, and and getting to know the players. So, you know, do you guys do like a pregame prep? You know, I I know they talk about the primetime games. I was like, oh, we spent, you know, we had a meeting with this offense coordinator and this guy and this guy. We got to know him a little bit. Do you guys do the same thing leading up to to the events? Absolutely. And, you know, speaking to the teams and all that.
1: Absolutely. So um, when it comes to the 2K League, my role is a bit different in the sense of I become a sideline reporter. So that's where, thankfully, I know some of the players and I have relationships with them. But yeah, when we're in person, you know, and they're practicing, they're hanging out, I'll just talk to them, you know, and I'll make sure it's very clear that, hey, this conversation either on the record or off the record. It's amazing how their tone and their answers change. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely prep with the players trying to you know get some insights. We They're on Twitter, so we kind of see the uh, subtweets they're throwing out, if they're playing their former team or whatever may be happening there. And then us as broadcasters, our team also has a prep meeting as well. So matter of fact, um, we had our first day of e just yesterday on the 3rd of October. So we had 55 games go down. I went ahead and recorded all the stats. So we know, hey, here's where everyone stands so that when we broadcast again, we have a hundred nuggets to pick from in terms of what we can talk about. So another example is on the 12th of October, our broadcast for EFIBA starts at seven o'clock in the morning, right? That's when the broadcast starts Eastern time for me, but I'm going to be online at four o'clock for like a simple tech check, but also to meet up with my castmate Nate, and say, Hey, here are my notes. What are you looking at? Here's the schedule. Let's make sure we're on the same page because, um, you know, you want to be prepared and not just kind of wing it, especially mm-hmm. when you've got so many eyes on you as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's and you never
1: know who's watching, right? You could have yeah. someone else who's I may mean, not be looking to hire you now, but they're like, oh, you know what? I could really use this person for XYZ. And that's that's honestly how I've gotten as far as I have in the past two, or three years.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything you do is being recorded. Everything you do exactly. is is uh <laughs> it's almost like a live audition, which I'm sure can be yeah. uh quite nerve wracking and stuff. Yeah. Um uh, you mentioned that you have, you know, tendencies and crutch words and things like that. How do you work on your game, so to speak? I know people talk about getting reps, doing podcasting, doing live stuff. So how do you improve from one broadcast to the next?
1: You watch back. So professional teams will watch film on their opponents. Some will even watch film on themselves to pick up their own tendencies so they can switch things. Same way I will watch back some of my broadcasts, a majority of them, I would say, and try to figure out, okay, what could I have done better? right? So I know that for me, I use a lot of filler words, which I'm probably which I'm sure I've done in, on this podcast itself, to kind of take too long or explain too many different ways of a simplest thing that I could have broken down. So for me, it's like, hey, your crutch phrase is this, that, and the other. Why are you why are you saying that? Is it because you're nervous and you don't know how to end it? Okay, if that's the case, What's a better way to end this sentence? What's a better way to shorten this statement? Because when you're doing sideline hits, you don't have a minute to talk about what you want to talk about. Sometimes it's in the middle of a play. You got to get your point across and go, especially if it's like the fourth quarter or whatever it is. So I watch things back. I see what worked. I see what didn't work. um, And then I'll kind of fix it in different ways. And I'll also watch, I kid you not, I literally, maybe a year ago when I was trying to get better and better, I YouTubed sideline reporters. Um, and there were so many great examples from the NFL, the NBA, uh, you know, I even Googled how to commentate. Um, and so just trying to learn and pick from different folks and see what they're doing and try to implement in my own arsenal. But I watch back just about all my broadcasts in about two X speed, um, to see what I could have done better for sure. And then as I'm even broadcasting, I'll have notes of like, Hey, here's where I could have done this better. Here's where I could have done that better. I'll like write it down timestamp. So I know when I go back, I know exactly where to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I I don't think it's different than any other profession or skill. I mean, you're gonna get better with, with every rep that you do. You're going to want to look back at at what you've worked on and things that you've put out and identify areas to improve. Identify yeah. things like that. So it, it's amazing to me that you're so self made that you didn't <laughs> study this. You know, you just decided one day I'm gonna pursue this. And you kind yeah. of put your head down and and decided that you know this is gonna be my profession. It's really inspiring to be honest and. Yeah. I um, appreciate
1: that. You know what they say, YouTube University. And that's, that's you know, like I said, I'm I'm a dropout. So for me, it's like I got to figure something out. And so even, you know, I, I day trade for a living. That's where the bread and butter comes from. Even that was just from YouTube, learning things, making mistakes, paying my tuition to the markets, and just watching it back. Where did I mess up? Where did I make mistakes? How can I fix whatever? And um, finding like, you know, a community is the biggest thing, Whether no matter what you're pursuing, because then you have folks that are looking to do what you're doing and you kind of have a brotherhood or a sisterhood moving along with it. Um, or like a mentor who's already gone through what you're going through, I think is a big help in whatever career path one is pursuing.
0: Yeah. And, and who was that for you that who was, I mean, was it the brand ambassador that you mentioned earlier?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I probably set myself up here, but I would say at the moment, I don't necessarily have a one mentor. Um, you know, you might, we mentioned the, um, Muslims in sports and athletics. I forgot the exact Slack group's name. But in July, I went to an event, a retreat for... ismaili muslims in the sports world and that's where i met a bunch of people Mm -hmm. um that are some of them are in the slack group that we talked about and some of them aren't yet but you know we got a chance to interact with uh shamsharanya we got a chance to interact with uh rihal ramzanali who does ufc play-by-play uh we got a chance to hang out with um ali Bojani, who used to work i believe as a beat writer or somewhere involved with the Rockets. so um you know i've been fortunate to not just have one individual where i can kind of go to them but just have a community of like hey I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to do that. met Shabazz, who we talked about creating that Slack group in LA a few, a couple of months ago as well. So it's, it's been a great privilege to kind of pick other people's brains. And I will say this growing up, um, I was always scared to reach out to people because I thought no one cared. I was like, you know what? Why would they help me? I'm a nobody. It doesn't benefit them. Yada, yada, yada. But then I kind of learned, I I didn't have a car growing up. I didn't have a car until I was like, maybe like, I don't even know, 21. And I would always need a ride whenever I went place. And I would always hesitate. And this story's the story is top of my head. So it might not make sense. But I remember talking to someone else and I was like, Hey, I'm scared to ask this person for a ride, but I would really love to go to this youth camp or whatever. And that person I was talking to was like, dude, don't worry about it. The person you're hoping to ask for a ride, got a ride from other people as well. So they'd love to. So what I mean by that is that people want to help others because someone helped them and they want to pay it forward. You know what I mean? And so I think it was a me just getting in my own head, um, in terms of like reaching out to people and seeking mentorship where it's like, nah, man, some people may not want to, but from my experience, sugar, a lot of people want to help, whether it's mm-hmm. in the smallest way, the biggest way, they may not get you to where you want to go, but they'll at least open up the door for you, open up your eyes just a little bit to something that you weren't seeing, which was right in front of you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that we, as uh, you know, as a minority, as Muslims, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, we. I think some of us have a tendency to gatekeep a little bit, and I think that's that's normal, right? Some folks, when they reach a certain level of success, they're like, "Well, I had to grind to get here, so you should do the same thing." I feel like it's the same people that like don't want to pay off student loans or something, or don't want <laughs> don't want student loan forgiveness. It's the same idea. Like I had to grind to get here, so you should too. But I think the vast majority. To the best of their ability, will at least give Absolutely. you some of their time. Absolutely, you know. And they're, from my experience, folks are super helpful, regardless Muslim or not. If yeah. if you come to them and they can s- tell that you're sincere and that you do really want their time and uh, care about what they have to offer you, and yeah, n- not just in terms of you know something tangible, a job or money yeah. or whatever it is, just just their advice, their wisdom. Yeah. Um, I think they they really people, people enjoy that. People like to talk about their story and people love to help for the most part. So, you know, uh,
1: people love, you you nailed it. People love to hear themselves talk, not in a bad way, but just because just how we are as humans and love to share their stories of how they've gotten where they are, because then they're hoping to inspire other people. And sometimes, you know, you'll have folks that may not be able to help you. Like I reached out to this one guy and I was like, Hey, I feel like my broadcasting career is, kind of stalled at the moment. I feel like I'm stuck. I'm hoping to talk to you to get some insights. And he was very sweet. He responded back, you know, within 24 hours and said, Hey man, I'd love to help you. But unfortunately I've got a baby on the way with my partner. Totally fine. And I've had people who don't even, you know, reach back out and that's totally fine. Like you just, you've got to shoot your shot, not just in DMS, um, of whoever you're pursuing in a romantic fashion, but just in networking. But I will say this when you reach out to them, they'll make it clear that you've put in the effort, right? Make it clear that, Hey, I know who you are. I have followed you. I know that you've done X, Y, Z. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm looking to receive from your insight. Are you able to help me out? You know what I mean? Because everyone's going to slide into everybody's DMS. Everyone's reaching out to these people. So you got to make sure that you stand out in a way where you've put in the effort so that they know that, all right, cool. I can help this person out. Matter of fact, I think it was Mr. Beast who I saw a video or an article where he said, people will always ask him, hey, how can I be successful becoming a YouTube creator or becoming you know content creator? But those people sometimes will be the same people who haven't created a single video. So he'll tell them, cool, make a hundred videos consistently every single day, then come ask me for help, right? Because you want to make wow. sure that they're one prepared and they're putting in their own work and two, inshallah, by the time you've done 100 videos, you don't really need my help or the help I give you is at a different level than what I would have done. So I would have spent 30 minutes with you as a beginner or as an intermediate. And this is just going to be so much better for you because you put those 100 hours in there, 100 videos, whatever it might be. Uh, so that's, that's my take on networking. Like I have people who will DM me be like, hey, how can I be a broadcaster, this and that? Thankfully, I'm, you know, I'm not a big timer. I'm a very small, you know, broadcaster. So I have the time. And when I do, I'll say, hey, cool, let's hop on a Zoom call and I'll walk through it with you. But I know that like, hey, inshallah, as I start making a real career out of this, I still want to help people, but it's got to be a bit more effective with my time as well. So same thing for other people. I make it worth their time. Make it easy for them to help you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you need to remove all the barriers and make it clear that. You know, you're again. You're sincere in your ask. You are actually looking for advice and not just, you know, Facetime to sell them something or plug something or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I was at a talk recently with um, a, a brother who is at Founders Inc. So it's a company in San Francisco that helps startups and things like that. And yeah. he said something that that really struck me. And he said, you know, if you're all you're looking for is yeses, why are you counting the noes? And yeah. I was like, this is brilliant. I mean, no wonder you're you're a founder <laughs> of founders think, you know? It was, yeah. I was like, because I think we do get caught up on the nose when we're asking yeah. for help or asking for advice. And, you know, you keep track of, man, a hundred people, you know, if you're in sales, if you're in whatever, oh man, a hundred people didn't buy my product today or a hundred people didn't respond to my DMs. But it's like, why does that matter? You, yeah. All you care about is the yeses. And I think that's, that's a great uh, reminder for us. So- do you have any any words of wisdom, any pearls that you've picked up along the way for you know Muslim folks or brown folks yeah. trying to get into the world of sports?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing, and this is something that I still struggle with, because I'm a broadcaster, but I'm not a content creator. I would love to be a content creator. I think I've got the skill set, the lifestyle in terms of broadcasting, the behind the scenes. It's not like I drive a Lambo or anything, but just you know what it's like to be a broadcaster. Um, But, you know, I'm sure you've heard of it, but, you know, the saying of kenge" is the biggest um, hurdle for me to Mm -hmm. come over. And for the folks that may not know what that saying is, it's what will people say? So I feel like in our community, maybe in any community, but I know for me personally, it was kind of tough to put myself out there. Like my real life friends didn't really know what I was doing for a living. They just know I had four monitors for trading, but they didn't know that I used it for broadcasting as well and it was tough cuz it's like man what will people think i'm surrounded by doctors lawyers engineers you know entrepreneurs and here i am broadcasting esports like it's it's really weird um so i say that to say there are a lot of things that are going to get in your way do your best for yourself not to be one of them try to get over that fear that over that mindset i think it's called the spotlight effect is i believe it's what it's called where it's like you think people this, are yeah. really talking about you but like bro no one cares <laughs> you know, and that's something that I still deal with at the age of 33. So uh, I would say definitely get out of your own way and let tomorrow the best version of yourself be able to be achieved and don't stop yourself. Uh, That's one. Two, um, you know, put in the time and effort to reach out to people that are in your business, in your line. We've got you've got social media where it's like Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, like there is a plethora of opportunities for you to reach out to people and, you know, put in the time and effort, reach out to them with an effort that you can actually do and not just, Hey, can you help me get a job? It's not, it's not, it's not about that. Um, so don't be afraid to network, get over that fear as well, whether you're an introvert or not. I'm definitely not someone who likes networking. I hated career fairs. Um, so, you know, definitely, you know, I, I think what was the saying? I, I loved this one in college. It's, Who you know that gets you the interview and what you know that gets you the job. I carry that near and dear to Mm -hmm. my heart as well. It's why I've been able to get the gigs that I have been able to in such a short period of time. Um, So I think those would be my two biggest gems is just get out of your own way and learn to network. Um, That's that's the two biggest things I've got.
0: I think it applies to any industry. I mean, that's saying... Yeah. Your your network determines your net worth. Yeah. I mean, I would say ninety percent of the jobs I've had in my career have been yeah. a direct result of, you know, hitting up a friend and or a, a old coworker, or old manager and getting that reference and all that. And yeah, the the first thing is is so huge. Um and I think just learning to talk about your idea, learning to talk about what you want to do. And not being concerned about what other people think. It, it's its a big hurdle. I, yeah. I don't want to dismiss it. because yeah. I think
1: oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially in, in our community. I mean, I think about my own experience. I've always wanted to work in sports since high school. And, uh, you know, I wanted to pursue journalism or something, you know, sports journalism, things like that. And it just wasn't a realistic thing back then. It wasn't something I could convince my parents was a realistic thing, maybe because just there wasn't a lot of people like us in that industry. Yeah. Uh, And now it's almost, you know, it's, there's the barriers of entry are gone. You can do this on your own. Yes. You know, you're self-made and go ahead.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad the reason I wanted to to bring up what you just said or take that point is the barriers of entry are gone. So if you want to be a content creator of some type, man, today is the best time to do that. Say you want to go ahead and create content around football, but you don't know if you want to talk about your opinions. Cool. Create content based on facts in the sense of, Hey, Here's a recap of what happened on Sunday night football. Here's what the biggest comeback was. Here's what this was. Here's what that was. And you can easily get clips from whatever the NFL puts out from YouTube, this, that, and the other. See, I just had my catchphrase there. <laughs>
0: there it is. Um, so- <laughs> I say et cetera a lot when I'm trying to finish. This. See, I we all have it. Et cetera, we all et cetera. have it.
1: <laughs> but like today's the best time, man. Like you can, you can have an iPhone 8 and just stick it up in your face talk about something, hire someone on Fiverr, or you learn how to edit yourself on YouTube and get your name out there. And a part of me is projecting as well, because this is something I want to do. I haven't done it yet because I tell myself, oh yeah, I'm too busy. I'm not busy. Uh, so, you know, that would be the third thing where it's like, dude, just create content in no matter what industry you want to cover, whether it's, you know, sports, whether it's finance, whether it's whatever's happening in the world, you can easily create content, and get your name out there, get your face out there. And if not to make money, then just to try something new. Who knows what doors will be open for you?
0: Exactly. It's it's passion. Yeah. If you have yeah. passion for something, let it show and yeah. don't worry about what other people think. And it it was a tough lesson to learn for me. Um, you know, I used to kind of cringe a little bit. My wife wouldn't, you know, be like, Oh, he has a sports <laughs> podcast I'd be like, Oh man. Now I got to talk about it.
1: (laughs) People judge you, right? Like if you're, I I don't know what your wife does, but like, I know back in the day for me, I would go to like galas with, you know, my partner at the time. If you're like, oh, what do you do? And it was a little different, but I'm like, oh, I work at mattress firm. And you could just tell that they're like, oh, you're not as accomplished or whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. I'm sure maybe you deal with that sometimes. I know I definitely do it. I'm like, yeah, I broadcast on the world of esports and they're like, oh, cool. You're like 22. I'm like, no, I'm like 33. (laughs) I get paid by the NBA. Thank you though. Um, so yeah, just got to get out of your own way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So where can we follow you? I know you're not that active on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> when I was doing my research on you, I get, you mentioned mattress firm. I was looking yeah. you up on LinkedIn on and LinkedIn. it's <laughs> about 10 years old. Uh, yeah. something like that. So. Where can and we find you? Where can we find you The reason my LinkedIn
1: the reason my LinkedIn is not updated is because of that look at It's like, man, what will people think mm. when I tell them that I'm an esports broadcaster? Right. So that's the reason my LinkedIn hasn't been updated in the past three years. But inshallah, by the end of the year can I thank, will because uh, um yeah. Hasan
0: Minhaj for making that that they, uh, a mainstream phrase. Yeah.
1: A mainstream a, a mainstream phrase that we all have dealt with for years, and so have our Dada Bapajis and everybody else as well. Uh, but yeah, so on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is made X in X India. Um, and I just got an Instagram because apparently in my industry, you have to. So I literally just created it two days ago or at least upload a profile and that's made X in X India underscore. Cause apparently that username was taken. Uh, but yeah, follow me. Twitter is where I'm, you know, more active in terms of what I'm doing and different things like that. And please feel free to, you know, DM me if anyone has any questions or what I'm happy to chop it up for 30 minutes and see how I can be of help.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I mean, like I said, this was very inspiring. I love the journey, uh, especially because I couldn't find out much about you before the call. So (laughs) I I wondered, I was like, okay, did he do this professionally? Did he study this? I was trying to do some digging. Just in the
1: shower. That's it. Yeah.
0: Again, we're all (laughs) all great ideas are born. So thank you again, brother. Appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. salam.